Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Good morning. I flew in this really early this morning, so excuse me if I'm a little sleepy and all over the place. And please let me know if I start talking in German because like I start doing that when I'm sleepy. Um, so I have all these notes here, but I'm going to make this really quick because I think what Shamil said was perfect. So <laughs> actually, nothing to add on there. Um, so I have three points for you today because it uh, looks good to have three points. It looks like you prepared well. <laughs> um, my first point is um, the three ways of giving. Okay, And I have um, some uh, scriptures from the Bible. You can put up the first one. So basically, I like to uh, give examples from people in the Bible. And my one of my favorite books um, is Acts, which talks about the early church, uh, the very first followers of Jesus. So when, when we talk about church, it's basically just the followers of Jesus, the, the community, the people, right? So you guys. Um, and those people in... Um, the early church, like, I always like to read it because it sounds so good, you know, it sounds so good, like, miracles happening, healings, left, right, and center, and everyone was taking care of each other, I really, really love those stories, and um, so there's the story about Peter and John, where they go up to the temple, um, wait, so wait, okay, so the, the three ways of giving, let me tell you, it's, the, it's uh, you're probably, like, shifting around really, like, uncomfortable is she going to talk about money right now like <laughs> uh, no one wants that but yes I am so relax um, and uh, the first one is actually about the person who didn't have any money so that was Peter um, because when they went to the temple and uh, they met this lame man who was sitting outside the temple begging uh, for money uh, Peter answered him I don't have any money but I'll give you something else instead um, and he told him, just in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. So Peter may have not had money, but he had a talent. So my first uh, way of giving is, if you don't have any money, don't complain that you can't give anything. Give your talent instead, because that was exactly what was needed in this very moment. This man needed to walk. So your talent can make a change in someone else's life. So do give your talent. Um, I'm sure you all have like amazing talents. My next point <laughs> uh, is money, yay. So um, you can put up the next scripture, please. Um, it's about the, the church community. Um, and it says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. So nice. Uh, no one claimed any of their possessions for their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to uh, testify the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them that there were no needy persons among them. That sounds really good. Um, for from time to time, um, those who owned land and houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and uh, they distributed to everyone who had a need. So guys, who has a house to sell? <laughs> Just kidding. So uh, God doesn't really need your money, okay? You should never feel like, I need to give because God needs my money. He definitely does not. In fact, he's the one who gave you the money in the first place. So he's, he's the one who wants you, in fact, to have more of the money. 
Okay, he doesn't want you to ever lack anything. In fact, you should have that house that is yours for your family. In fact, why not two, right? Or a holiday home? How about that? So everything is possible in, in the name of Jesus. Um, but what God does not want you to have is greed, um, which is basically this, this really annoying feeling of, I really want more. You know, I want more, I want more. And it's like, somehow it's like it's taking control over your life. So that's sure God does not want you to have. Um, he doesn't want you to have also pressure, okay, like of society or your parents or, you know, whoever is uh, telling you that you need to have more. Uh, it's not enough. You need to have more because you just do. I don't know what their reasons are. So, um, and he doesn't want you to have self-pity. He doesn't want you to feel like I don't have enough. I, I always feeling this lack and this pity for yourself that, uh, you know, you don't have it. That's why God wants you to give. He wants you to give so you get free from all these greed, pressure, and self-pity. At least that's what he spoke to me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, um, I actually, there's this really good sermon, which you guys should listen to, Andy Stanley, How to Be Rich. It really spoke to me. Uh, you can find it online. It's a sermon series. Um, you know, I used to be a person who always gave a certain amount, uh, whether it's church or charity. I always assi assigned like a, a, a monthly amount, like X amount, say 100 rupees, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, for like, you know, the church, because I get my tithe and I, I put in the offering and then I have my charity foundation and I want to give to everyone. But it's just, you know, 100 rupees here. So 100 rupees there. Um, and that sermon series uh, spoke to me so much. How to be rich is not in assigning money amounts, but in assigning percentages. You know, I've never ever, like, I, I don't have more money or less money. I, I have the same amount of money, but the feeling of giving a percentage makes you feel so rich. Like, <laughs> it's really like whether you give from a thousand rupees you know, or you give from 10,000 rupees, it, it just makes you feel like so amazing that like you have this money which God has given you already and you're just giving back. And suddenly, you know, when you start giving, especially me, like I have not a regular income. I usually have like, you know, per assignment. So uh, when you start giving per percentage, it's such a different feeling because suddenly you know like how much is actually God giving you and how much are you able to give back. And then that percentage, you'll be surprised how quickly that grows. Like you don't keep it at 10%. At some point, you know, you just start growing it because it's amazing to be able to give this much. And every month, like Shamal said, God comes through to give you more and on top. And like it's, it's like um, if you, uh, like God will give you more. Like you have all the scriptures. So like whatever Shamal said. <laughs> <laughs> um, that God wants to give you more, okay? God wants to give you more. He wants to give you life in abundance. And for that, uh, he just needs you to get rid of all the greed and pressure and pity first so you can uh, have more, you know, to not be in bondage by that. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, of course, one way of giving um, money. And then uh, the third one I have is your time. Because that's my, I think that's my um, most difficult part. Even though I love people and I love to open my home and I love to have people come over, 
I always feel like this is my time, you know, this is my time and even I deserve, I deserve all these things. Um, but let's be honest, like how many like, of you know that the time you spend watching Netflix could be spent on like investing into your family? Or maybe the time that you spend, uh, you know, on your own could also be spent just listening to a friend, you know. So I think time is something, uh, if you want to put up um, the next scripture. Um, so basically, this guy Paul in the Bible, he spent his whole life into serving God. Okay, he went around from uh, starting new churches, somewhat like Ryan and Rachel, you know, going around. Uh, he also, like, he went to the point that he, like, he sacrificed everything. He had nothing, but he still wanted to, you know, spend all the money that he had into, like, his trips and everything. He didn't want to take anything. But, uh, again, like, somehow, like, Ryan and Rachel. <laughs> and um, he sacrificed his personal life for it. You know, like, this is a extent of, like, uh, like, sacrificing time. Like, are we willing to do this? Are we willing to give up? our personal, you know, agenda to, to sacrifice onto Jesus or onto our next person, like, uh, and this, this uh, Paul, he was not, like, he was not just going around and, like, enjoying life. He was persecuted. He was, in fact, like, people wanted to kill him for spreading a message of love. He was not, uh, like, I don't think this was, like, in a human form, like, any enjoyable to do this, right? And yet he says, in Acts, it's more blessed to give than to receive. How can he say that? How can he, in this kind of situation, how can he still say that, right? When I'm like, I'm at the end of it, if I like, you know, uh, like I travel to Delhi and I come back and I'm exhausted and like, I'm still flying business class, but still, you know, it's exhausting. So this guy, uh, completely different level. And like, we complain about all the stress that we have in life and we're like, when we read the Bible, that was just different times. People didn't have the stress that we have now. But uh, that's not true. I think they had a, a lot more stress. <laughs> um, but still, we get really inspired. And, you know, like, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It sounds really good for Instagram posts. So, you know, <laughs> which picture to post with that? <laughs> Probably a more holy-looking one. So... Um, <laughs> And we really wish that like, our community would be like this, right? Everyone give everything, uh, everyone give all their time, everyone give all their talent, let's make this work. But uh, how did they do this? How did they do this? It's, it's humanly impossible. So that's why we can't just like, take one verse from the Bible, right, and idolize it, and like, think like, okay, this is what it says, it's more blessed to give than to receive, so let's, Start working hard and do this. You have to read the whole story. You have to read all of it to understand why these people actually were so bold to go out there and give everything. So what did all these people have in common? All of these people, before they started their radical generosity, they had a radical encounter with Jesus. Right? Hmm. They knew Jesus, not just like, you know, a meeting with Jesus or one Sunday in church or one good quote from a book. No, they knew Jesus. They had a story with Jesus. They had a relationship with Jesus. And every good story needs a lot of drama. 
So if you read the Bible, you'll find like none of their journeys were perfect. In fact, they were completely messed up. So I, um, Peter, for example, uh, the first one, uh, who I told you about, the one with the talent. Um, he was a simple fisherman when he met Jesus. Um, so Jesus became his best friend and mentor, and he saw him perform lots of miracles, and they became almost inseparable. They were best friends. But then when it came to the toughest time, and Jesus was going to be crucified, Peter got scared. He denied his best friend, and he ran away. He experienced God's radical generosity of grace when Jesus was resurrected from the dead and came to Peter just to tell him that all is good. This wrecked Peter. And like we heard last week, grace is something that you need to experience to understand. Experiencing the love of Jesus installed in him a faith so powerful he could snap his fingers and say, get up and walk to a lame man and he would be healed. Have you ever run away from God? Have you ever been wrecked by his powerful love that never gives up on you? I think for me, it's been all of my, like, okay, half of my 20s, I guess. <laughs> Always running and falling and, like, waiting for Jesus to pick you up again. But he does, you know, and that's part of your story. So you don't need to hide that part of your story. In fact, that's the most powerful one. Um, we'll look at Paul. Uh, actually, Paul, you know, like, we just heard he gave his whole life to uh, go around planting churches, talking about Jesus, giving his, his whole life to Jesus. But who was this guy? In fact, first, he was the one who persecuted Jesus. He was a fanatic person caught up in his status and self-righteousness rather than understanding the very basics that sum up the law that Jesus taught. Love God and love your neighbor. That's really all there is to it. Um, but he wasn't willing to listen until Jesus threw him off his donkey and gave him a miracle so great that there was no denying the power of love anymore. His radical encounter with the resurrected Jesus installed in him a faith so radical for radical generosity to the point of giving up his pride, his ego, and even his own life. Did you ever have to be thrown off your high horse to give God back the glory in your life? All right, then what about the rest of the early church who didn't know the living Jesus? The ones who didn't meet Jesus while he was walking? Why weren't they less passionate about giving? You know, in fact, they were the ones who gave all the money. That's like the hardest one. <laughs> um, they gave them money and possessions. Well, of course, they got inspired by the stories of the apostles and the signs and wonders they did perform. But let's be honest, that's not enough. Right? You can hear the story about Jesus a thousand times, and you can see wonders also, but that's not enough. Right? Well, they did encounter Jesus in form of the Holy Spirit, a powerful whirlwind, tongues of fire, as they describe it in the book of Acts, just like we can today. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. God himself took residence in them and moved their hearts. There is no more radical encounter with Jesus than through the Holy Spirit. 
Their faith was so strong that they didn't doubt once that God would provide for them, for their every need. And they obviously, they didn't need anything but God to fill them. They were, in fact, in, fact, in, their, in their emptiness, they were full, right? They were bursting, bursting with faith. What's your faith like? Do you believe God is in control of your life? Or are you still waiting to see one more wonder before you give your heart to Jesus? So that's my second point, sorry. Less of me and more of him. <clears throat> and my third point is, see it and believe it. How often have you heard, um, you know, just got to believe blindly because it's just true and you just have to believe it? I hear it so many times, you know, blind faith is what counts. Like you have to believe blindly. But I don't agree at all. I don't agree that you have to trust and believe blindly. In fact, faith is not blind. It's not a hope that things could happen, you know, things are going to go well. Faith is knowing that God is at work. Faith is knowing that he can do things greater than you could ever imagine. God promises in Psalms that I will make your cup overflow. Don't think of small dreams and, you know, don't, don't think small. Think big with God. He wants to make your cup overflow. Good morning. <laughs> he wants you to overflow, okay? Jesus says in John 16, Until now you have not asked the Father for anything in my name. But now ask and keep on asking, and you will receive so that your joy may be full and complete. Yeah, who trusts the word of Jesus? <laughs> so if he says so, it's true, okay? And so Peter, who knew God, uh, he knew that God was going to heal that lame person. He knew because he knew the love and grace of God firsthand. Okay, don't believe in secondhand revelations to blindly believe in. Ask for your own revelation, right? Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he knew that the lame person would be healed because he knew the love and grace of God. He knew because he could see it before it was done. Can you see it? Can you see what God wants to use your life for? Can you see the great plans that God has for you? Can you see the talent that he wants to use in you? The time where you could make more time for others? Can you see that God wants to use your treasure? Right? I can still remember when I walked into church for the first time. It was actually, we were still in the other uh, smaller hall, a preview theater of, I think, 100 seats, 80. When I walked in, I'm telling you, I walked in and I, I didn't see the room. I walked in, I saw a stage, I saw a preacher, and I saw thousands of people. I saw thousands of people worshiping God. In fact, my first steps into the church, and my first thought was, it's too small. It's too small. Right? And it's not just me who can see this vision. Because look at this. It's already coming true. Right? 
But at that point, the spirit just, it was like I was overcome with the spirit just knowing that I want to give into this church. I want to give my time, my treasure, and my talent. <laughs> C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 